Hey everyone, welcome to Game In Going Deeper. We are back and today we are talking about self-esteem. So self-esteem is one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot. Um, I think we all know that we want more of it, but my question to start off our uh, topic today is how do we define self-esteem? It's one of those terms that is kind of loosely defined. So I'm gonna throw it off to Reno first. Let me know what you consider self-esteem. Yeah, so I was reflecting on this, this particular question. And I know we often, like when we think of self-esteem, we think of things like confidence or like self-love. Um, the way that I define it is uh, it's, it's self-regard, self-respect, um, or like reverence for self, right? So how do, we, how do we regard ourselves? Do we have respect for ourselves? Do we have reverence for ourselves? And I think to break it down even further, the way that it shows up, I think most profoundly and most obviously is in relationships, right? So um, when, when we look at self-esteem or when we look at relationships rather and self-esteem in relation to relationships, um, we can sort of measure and get a sense of what our, our self-esteem looks like um, based on how we engage. So like, are we setting strong boundaries? Um, are we setting clear boundaries? Do we avoid confrontation or do we embrace it? Um, but then also I think another, another way of looking at it is to look at how we talk to ourselves, right? The relationship we have to ourselves internally. So like, um, what is the conversation going on within ourselves, toward ourselves at all times, right? In any given moment. Um, and, and then I think, Another thing that I want to touch on as well is the relationship between like thought and emotion as it pertains to self-esteem. Because one of the things that I've come to realize, and I find myself talking about this a lot, is like the role that thought plays in self-esteem, um, that thinking plays in self-esteem. Because oftentimes um, we think that our, the, the way that we think is the way that the world is, right? So we create this narrative um, around, you know, what the world looks like and how people are and what people are saying about us or how people are perceiving us or we make our th what we think about ourselves real, right? And so um, I think that that has also been something that I've been reflecting on myself, you know, and, and what's true about what I think about myself and what's true about what others think about me. Um, and I think this whole development um, around self-esteem begins at a very early stage, you know, and has to do with our environment and um, our relationships and the people around us and our parents. What was the messaging that they gave to us when we were young? You know, what was the messaging we got in school and the educational systems or our friends and things like that? Was it positive? Was it uplifting? Was it empowering? Um, or were we constantly reprimanded and um, disrespected and disregarded or, or, or even um, abandoned in some cases, right? That can really be a blow to one's self-esteem. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I can definitely, I've, I resonate a lot with the, when you were talking about the conversations that are going on in our heads. Um, I think I equate a lot of my self-esteem to how I talk to myself and how I treat myself. And then 
if I'm treating myself with kindness and caring and compassion and I'm making sure that I'm built up to where I can be my best self, then that, you know, goes outwards and it shines outwards to other people because people can read energy, people can see energy. And when you have that energy with inside of yourself and you go, you know, I'm having a good day, I feel great, I'm, you know, I feel like I am my personal best right now, then that shines outwards and other people look at that and go, oh, wow, like they're so confident. They have this, they have that. And it's because the conversation you've had inside of yourself has been one of positive thought. And if you're constantly having those thoughts, they just perpetuate themselves. They're not, it's not perfect all the time, but the more I focus on having those positive thoughts and I catch myself when I have negative thoughts about myself and I go, you know what? The only standards I have to live up to are my own standards. And I don't make those very hard standards. Like, am I being a good person? Um, do I want to have a happy day? And you can also choose to decide what those thoughts are. You don't just have to wake up and be like, oh, today's a crap day because I feel like crap. It could be, but you can also choose to change that and go, no, <clears throat> just because that's a thought I'm having doesn't mean that that's a thought that's true. I can choose to have a great day regardless of how I woke up and then shift those kinds of things. And I feel like that's the same with self-esteem. It's like, okay, sometimes I have these negative self-talk moments, but I don't have to live in those moments. And I'm consciously um, aware that I have those and I'm consciously actively changing those when they come around and going, thank you for your time. Thank you for whatever you needed to tell me today, but that's not what I'm gonna be doing. And then through that you build your self-esteem. But again, if you didn't grow up with that, if you didn't grow up with that learning or that knowingness, I, I didn't grow up with that and I had to teach it to myself, but I'm so grateful I did. But not everybody has that um, drive or desire to develop those kinds of things. So um, I, it's curious how some people can grow up in the best circumstances and have the worst self-talk and then other people can grow up in the worst circumstances and have the best self-talk. And it really, at the end of the day, comes down to what's in between your ears and how you choose to use it for yourself instead of letting it use you. I think both of you guys really hit the nail on the head in terms of um, self-talk. For me, that was a huge realization, similar to you, Callan. I did certainly not grow up with that positive self-talk, and it is something that I work on every day, including today. Um, and it's just a matter of constantly catching yourself when that inner critic shows up or when that self-doubt shows up and saying, hey, you know, thanks for showing up right now, but I'm kind of not going that way. You're welcome to join me, but I'm going to choose this other thought instead. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. I think when my self-esteem started improving, um, there was probably at the height of my self-work and really questioning to sort of what Reno said, not every thought you have is true. And it's your choice whether you want to believe it or not. Now, I, I like to tell people that thoughts aren't good or bad, that they're either useful or not useful. So it's just a matter of saying, hey, how useful is this thought to my self-esteem or in, in general? And then going back to the conversation we had last week about boundaries, I think mm -hmm. that ties in very nicely with self-esteem because when you can set proper boundaries and when you can say no with love, and respect, then I think that automatically um, helps improve your self-esteem. Well, you guys basically said everything that I wanted to say. <laughs> so my, um, my definition of it would just essentially be the relationship you have with yourself. 
um, how you feel about yourself. I think when people have a positive self-regard, they tend to have a higher self-esteem. And when people have a negative self-regard, they have a, a lower self-esteem. And I think self-esteem is also quite um, dynamic. It's not really static. You don't just get it and then have it. I think it's similar to confidence in that it can be certain areas of your life. It can be certain things about yourself that you could have a lot of you know, positive esteem about and certain areas not. Um, and maybe that's something, an area that I'd like to break down in um, in this chat for myself, I'll share a little bit about my self-esteem and my journey with my self-esteem and how certain compartments of my life I felt like I've had a high self-esteem and certain compartments of my life I felt like I've struggled to have um, positive self-esteem. So um, yeah, we can break that down. Yeah, go um, for it. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, I would say growing up, I didn't really get taught that if this I think this is truly a skill like that you learn how to have positive regard for yourself based off of learning how to understand how your thoughts work how your feelings work and how your thoughts lead to your feelings and and stuff like that I never really understood that until I was a lot older so there was um there were certain aspects of myself especially around being gay actually where I just felt very less than and I felt like I didn't have a, a positive regard so I tried to change these aspects of myself and um, that ended up kind of funneling into me finding a way to develop self-esteem, what I thought was self-esteem, which was um, using my body, my sex appeal, my appearance, these sorts of things to get my self-esteem boosted. And, and that's how I started developing my reliance on external validation, and um, which was probably the hardest habit I've ever had to break in my life up to this point, which is to stop relying on the external world to kind of give me a sense of esteem and um and also what that did is it, it put a, a large emphasis on something about on things about myself that were very surface right so i never really got a chance to dig into myself and really show the world who i really am and develop self-esteem for for these areas because I, I do think part of self-esteem is it's, it is about our internal dialogue, but it's also about how the world is reflecting back to us who we are because we're social creatures, right? And we're, we're always looking around and seeing who's reacting to us, how they're reacting to us. And um, that plays a role in how we develop, right? Especially in our formative years, I think that that's really important. But I think as we get older and we learn to kind of stand in our own energy, we're, we're a lot less reliant on, on these outside influences to define who we are. But um, so a really cool area that I'm, that I'm learning to redevelop self-esteem in, or maybe not even redevelop, to just develop would be around sexuality, around sex, around connection, intimacy, and um, sharing in these sorts of things for me. It's a very vulnerable experience. Like I'm very open and I'm very confident sharing my process with people. But when it comes to connecting, um, and, and this is something that's really new to me, is learning how to receive love and learning how to... Um, sharing in these bonds with people and i had a really cool experience last night where i was just sharing in in physical connection it wasn't sex it wasn't anything like that but we were just sharing and just being in each other's energy and it was it was really neat because i was able to really vocalize what i needed and i was able to set really clear boundaries for probably i think it was like the first time ever where i was i was so clear and i had such a clear intention going into it that it allowed me to really feel safe. And the more and more that I connected with this person, I felt safer and safer and safer. And it allowed me to, um, to share things, which allowed him to open up and share things about our insecurities and 
um, and stuff like that. And then I, I started to get positive self-regard reflected back to me and also within me because I was, I was leading with the things that maybe I don't have a, a, a strong high, high self-esteem around and, um, and to get validated in those things within outside of myself, but also within myself, it was, it was a really cool experience. So I, you know, today I'm like reflecting back on it and I feel, um, I think I just feel proud of myself because it's like, I, I feel like, um, I spoke my truth and I set the intention, I set boundaries and I created a, a container for myself to be able to, um, respect my body, I think is really what it was. I talked last week about how my mind tells my body to do, to do things and then I do it and then I get, I, you know, it just feels so unaligned. And this time I let my body lead the way. And it was, I think that was the first time it's, it's really, really cool. So, um, so yeah, so for me, I feel like today I have a high self-esteem because of, of that. I was able to kind of set up a nice space for myself to do this and uh, that contributed to, to my self-esteem. So, I really want to touch on something you said about how you went into it first with having that intention of like, I'm going to be able to do this and setting up those boundaries and that that created that energy for you to feel calmer in it and for you to like allow yourself to experience it and then how that set you up in order to be more vulnerable to say the things that you needed to say and then it was reciprocated back and then that created a deeper connection you felt even more secure and safe and i think that that goes with a lot of people's experiences is that when you have a positive experience like this it reaffirms that I can do this. This is a safe space and it builds that muscle. And it's just like building any other muscle you would in your body. You have to have those experiences over and over again that they little, we were talking about it, I think in our first video, those micro tears of how you need right. to build up these muscles in order to like create this. So then it just becomes part of your reality, but we have to first give ourselves the opportunity and the chance to create those. So it's like one of those things, like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like, do yes. I, do I have to set it up and do I have to put myself out there first to receive it or do I receive it first? And then I get to put myself back out there because I've now built it up. Like which one comes first? And I think that that's where a lot of people um, have difficulty because they want to see the result first and they want to know that there's security or they want to have that definitive ending to it. Whereas in my life, in my journey, I've learned and I am still very much learning that I have to put it out there first. And then when it comes back, is it always going to be positive? No, but the more micro tears I do and the general overall consensus, if it is positive, that's what I focus on. And I let those other experiences that maybe weren't the positive ones, I let those ones teach me what they need to teach me. And then I use my conscious choice to be like, cool, I'm going to learn this lesson. And then I'm going to focus on these good things. And that's how I've managed to build my own personal self esteem. But I thought that that was really interesting that you were like, you went into it with those clear intentions, those clear boundaries for one of the first times and look at the experience that you had. And it's just so great that like you had the positive experience to build that energy yeah. from and it feels so good because I feel I now feel like I have this new skill set because I went into the to the date with the intention of I'm going to speak my truth no matter what I tell I told that to myself whatever comes up in my process I'm going to bring it forward and because I have nothing to lose right and and I did that and the really cool thing about it was that he's also a younger guy too so he's learning this stuff and when I would when I would bring forth my truth he was like oh thank god like that's how I'm feeling too. 
But, you know, when people aren't rooted in their truth, sometimes they do things they don't want to do. And imagine if we both had that and we're both rooted in our non-truth and we share in this experience that neither of us actually want to take it to that level, but we do because we think the other person does. So like when you speak your truth, you're also getting closer to alignment. And when you're in your alignment, you're closer to having a stronger sense of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and then what I would add to that is if things didn't go well, right, then you have the opportunity there to even focus on improving your self-esteem by having your own back. And I think that is a very key component as well, because it's not always going to go well. Now, yes, oftentimes, you know, when you're, when you're in your um, authenticity and you're, and you're being your honest self, you can't really go wrong, except for if someone isn't having it or they're not into it, or you've already um, maybe put a lot on the line. But what I've learned is having your own back when things go sour is probably not my favorite way of learning how to uh, improve my self-esteem, but probably one of the most meaningful and efficient ways. And that again, goes back to our first topic on rejection, right? So in a rejection situation, um, caring for yourself, having self-compassion, realizing that, you know, not internalizing the rejection or not internalizing what someone, you know, criticizes you that, that I think, definitely improves your self-esteem again going back to that self-talk and knowing what is someone else's lane and what's your lane mm. I like that. yeah i one of the things that came up for me i think there's like a few around this topic and this is a really juicy topic for me uh, in particular because <clears throat> when so when you look at the the um the model of like maslow's hierarchy of needs right at the bottom level, you have um, basic or your basic needs, right? So that's like food, water, etc. Just the basics. Um, and as you move up, you start to see things like relational and spiritual, and so on and so forth. Um, when those basic needs are not met, it can be very difficult to develop any sort of self-esteem, right? So. <laughs> When I go back to like my earlier years, uh, I grew up in a household where like we didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, there were times where like the utilities were cut off or we didn't know where groceries were coming from. And like my my parents did their best to, um, I suppose, like, like shelter me from knowing these things. But one of the things that everyone around me always said was like, you, you know too much for your own good, you know. Um, and, and I'm sure in some ways they meant well by that. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, to take that and then in addition to that, like on this effeminate, um, you know, it was this effeminate sort of sensitive, expressive, kind of flamboyant, um, you know, type, which men are not supposed to be according to society, right? And you sort of put all of that together. Like it was kind of a shit show. And on top of that, you know, I was, I was this like short, you know, sort of gangly kid with like the big bottom lip and the big nose and the ears that were too big for his head. I, I like to joke that I grew into my, my face and my body. But, you know, it, I, there, I had many strikes against me um, in, in that regard. And so it, um, it definitely made things really challenging. You know, I remember walking out into 
like the neighborhood sometimes and being picked on almost immediately, you know, for like the way I looked or the way I talked or the way I dressed, right? And there was this idea that formed as a result that I was to become small, right? Like, don't, don't be too loud, don't be too big, don't be too bright, you know, um, and, and don't be too visible. And I, I found myself working to please everyone around me as well, right? So um, even with my mom, I'll, I'll sort of speak to that. We had this really interesting relationship. Uh, you know, she struggled with addiction. And one of the things that showed up in our dynamic was like, when I speak my truth, um, she feels pain. And when she feels pain, I feel pain, right? I feel sad or I feel I hurt when she hurts. So speaking my truth is not good because when I speak my truth, I hurt people, right? So to speak. And so that was another component there where I was like, oh, okay, I need to withhold my truth because if I speak it, um, like I'm not safe and someone else gets hurt, right? So there were all these different like environmental and relational elements that played into sort of the, the, the I would say the, the breaking down of my self-esteem. Now that very same woman also helped me build it up by encouraging me to do things like sing at the kitchen table when my dad, on the other hand, would, would not be okay with it. You know, she encouraged expression and creativity and she encouraged us to be ourselves, right? But there were certain things that you weren't supposed to really talk about. Um, and then, I'll, you know, I'll bring the, the sort of queer black thing into the equation because while I didn't really understand what it meant to be gay, or what it meant to be a black man in this world, um, what showed up for me was, you know, like things like homophobia and, and racism around um, my, the color of my skin and my sexual orientation. And this started at an early age. So as you sort of, as you can see, I'm giving you sort of a scope of what I had to deal with at an early age. Now, I don't feel victimized by these things. At the time, I was like, why is this happening? Like, what, what is the deal here? And I became this person who created a, a sort of mold or image to please people, to fit in. I became chameleon-like. And that has become a gift because now I can relate to many people and I know how to sort of disarm people in certain situations. Um, but back then, it was really challenging because I found myself conforming to whatever any person wanted me to be. And it was like, how do, who am I in all of this? How do I fit into all of this, right? Um, but those experiences helped me develop self-esteem because with every blow, you know, we talked about micro tears earlier, with every blow, with every sort of instance where I was bullied or I wasn't allowed to speak my truth, something built, you know, over time progressively. And at some point, things just turned around. And I think the pain became so unbearable that I was like, no, I'm done. I need to speak up. I need to, I need to embody my worth. I need to embody dignity. I need to speak my truth um, and, and, and express and show up in the world in a way that is, is true for me and, and, and is authentic to me. And so... Um, I'm, I'm on a bit of a tangent here, but this morning uh, I was getting set up to record with you guys and my friends were kind of dilly-dallying. We're sharing a space in the, um, right now and I had said to them, I need the space um, by a particular time and I need you guys out by that time. 
and I noticed they were still sort of dilly-dallying around. And so eventually, like, I was like, hey, guys, let's go. Like, you got to get out. I've got to record. I've got to get set up. There Now, I will tell you right now that that conversation was slightly edgy for me, right? Um, and I think that's another thing that comes up around self-esteem is like the avoidance of confrontation, right? Um, the, the, avoidance, the avoidance of speaking our truth because of the discomfort we experience and what we make it mean when we speak our truth. I will be alienated. I will be abandoned. I'm not safe. I'm not okay. Safety is a huge role in self-esteem. Um, but anyway, they heard me. They heard me and they got out. And that for me was a win today. You know, that was a win. Um, but, but I would be lying to say it didn't feel edgy in that moment to be like, here's what I need. You guys said you were going to do this. Please, please, you know, honor what you said. Right. So there's, it's, um, it's been a bit of a journey. I'll, I'll acknowledge that it's been a bit of a journey, um, embracing conflict and confrontation, speaking my truth. Um, owning my value and my worth, regardless of the color of my skin or my sexual orientation or the build of my body or the shape of my nose or whatever it is, right? I've had to, um, I've had to, over time, as Matt said, you know, it's like a skill, right? And it's been built over time. Um, and certainly by not taking on the bullshit that is being flung at me, um, but also the stuff that occurs, as Callum said, in between my my eyes, right, my head. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, I wanted to talk about how you were having that confrontation and and like that's building a skill, that's building a muscle, and to to tie it into last week when we talked about boundaries. I feel personally when. I set those super clear boundaries with people. Like if I was in a similar situation, I would just be like, look, this is the time, this is the frame. And so when I go to then approach them and they're like dilly dawdling and doing their thing, it's not from a space of like, oh, this is gonna be a confrontation. It's from a space of like, if you respect me, you will do what I said because we all came to that agreement. And so it's just like, hey guys, it's this time. Like you gotta be on. And it's not from like a space of like, hey guys, screw off. It's from a space of like, we made this agreement and you need to hold this agreement. And then sometimes friends of mine are like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, because they are then, they're trying to push their boundaries to see where I will break. And because I hold such clear boundaries and intentions with kindness and compassion, but I hold those. And so people, always show up on time for me. People know not to fuck around with me. People know that I just have a zero tolerance for that bullshit. So it's like, uh-uh. If, if I set this intention, if I set this boundary, it's going to be better for everybody because I'm not going to be pissed off at you for fucking around. And you know exactly what you're getting with me. So you're never going to be pissed off at me because you're like, I know he is clear. He always says what he's going to say. But that also comes with that self-esteem of like, I've had to build that up and learn those lessons over time. Do those micro tears being like, I have a better experience in life when I'm clear with people because clearness is kindness. As Brene Brown says, we all love her. Um, clearness is kindness. And so when I'm clear, it's kinder to people because they know what they're getting from me. I know what to expect from them. And then if something breaks down there, then it's, I didn't, I don't look at it as maybe a confrontation, but I look at it as like, 
okay, I've set a clear intention here and you're the one who's being all wishy-washy or wobbly. What's going on with you that that's happening for you? Because I know where I stand in all of this. And then usually it leads down to like a deeper conversation where they start revealing all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what it is. If you had just been clear at the beginning, it wouldn't have gotten to this place. But again, that comes down from those micro tears and building up those little things. And, and your self-esteem is not always going to be at the same place all the time. I, I go through waves all the time where it's like certain times I feel super confident and I'm really good to go. And there's been times where it's like, uh, I'll, I'll talk about like when I've been like single and like out at a club or out, you know, meeting people. And there's times where I feel super confident about it. And I go and I talk to new people and it's fine. And like, maybe I flirt with somebody. And then there's other times where it's just like, I can't even imagine going and talking to that person. I'm like, oh, but they're so cute and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I've done this before. Like I always revert back and I'm like, Callan, you've done this before. You've gone up, you've talked to, like, it's nothing scary. And then I also remind myself when somebody comes up to me and they're confident, not in like a creepy, like, hey, kind of way, but they're just confident. They're like, hey, I want to meet you. you. You know, you caught my attention. And they're upfront about it. It's kind of refreshing to me. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not used to other people being so confident. So I have to remind myself that it's like, when I do that to other people, they can let me know if they want to engage or not in the conversation. But if I just bring my authentic self with that self-esteem, it usually goes super well. But I don't know why we get in our heads all of a sudden and then all of a sudden we get into these like oh this oh that or that and it's just because we're losing track and we're losing sight of that authentic just being of ourselves and just reminding ourselves like no i'm awesome i'm amazing even if you know you gotta like fake it till you make it a little bit sometimes but then when you do that you build up those little micro tears and you build up that self-esteem i i appreciate what you just said and i had I had sort of an aha moment when you were speaking, Colin, because people will say to me, like when I meet people these days, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so confident, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think there's sort of a, um, how would I say this? There's, there's a di I think there's a difference between um, self-esteem and confidence, which I'm still kind of figuring out. I'm unpacking that. Uh, but I had an aha moment when you were speaking because even as you spoke, I could feel the integrity in your words um, and, and how you show up and how the people around you show up as a result. And what, what clicked for me, and it actually brings up some emotion right now, to be honest, is that um, that wasn't really modeled so well for me, right, um, in my earlier years. And so that's been an area of growth for me. As I said earlier, I find that I'm, I'm very quick to like please people in a lot of ways. And for me, like I, I'm not afraid of, and confrontation I think is actually a really beautiful word, you know, to, to confront. Um, and I'm not necessarily afraid of confrontation, but when I'm in a vulnerable and humble space, it feels very edgy to hold that tension and to speak my truth simultaneously. Uh, if someone, say, um, pops off and is like cussing at me or, you know, very blatantly disrespecting me, that's a whole other conversation. Like, I have no issue flying off, right? But there's, there's, a, there's a sweet spot, right? There's a sweet spot where we're not 
we're not fighting and we're not uh, uh, fleeing or folding, so to speak, right? There's this sweet spot. And I'm still um, at the ripe old age of 32, figuring that out in my life. What is that, you know, how do I hold that tension and, and speak my truth and sit in the discomfort of that? And so I wanna thank you for sharing how you show up because uh, as I said, I felt the integrity and that's something that I'm still working on bringing into my own um, experience and my own relationships, my own environment, because yeah, it, it, I, did, it, I didn't see it modeled. Um, there was a lot of like fluidity and, you know, for another thing, commitment was not, um, you know, not necessarily modeled so well either. So these, these, um, these things that I think shape, uh, self-esteem like yeah they're, I'm, they're still building in my life they're still building for me definitely yeah mm -hmm. how are you boys aha moment as well based on reno's aha moment i've had a, a, an aha let me just see if i can workshop this while i haven't quite figured out in my brain maybe saying it out loud will help so i believe that worthiness is innate we are all worthy and there's nothing we can do to change that it's just what i believe I think what, where self-esteem fits into this conversation and something Reno said really triggered this for me is when we, the more we know that, the more we can really tap into that in ourselves, that is what self-esteem is. Sort of to, to, to answer my own question that I asked you from the beginning, I think I just did, is when we can tap into our innate worthiness, which is always there, right? So you don't need to do anything or be anyone that you're not, it's just there, flaws and all flaws and all, um, when you can tap into that knowing that I am worthy, that is when you have self-esteem. And of course, sometimes the doubt's gonna be louder and sometimes it's not, but I think that for me is what self-esteem is. It's, it's really tapping into that worthiness that is always there and always an abundant source of love, self-love. Michael, how do you think we get there? I'm really curious about, like, in your experience, how do you imagine we arrive at that point? Do we ever arrive, and what, what's the journey look like? Yeah. No, I don't think it's, I don't mean, I, I certainly haven't arrived, and I don't know anyone who has, um, but I think it's a journey, and I think, you know, like Callan said, there's waves. Like, I've got my days where I'm riding high, and I've got my days where I'm real low, but, in both instances, like I said earlier, like even in a low point gives you an opportunity to, there's always an opportunity in, in whatever you're feeling. I think anyone who's sort of maybe at the beginning of the journey, I would tell them to really look at their inner dialogue. Um, what, when you talk to yourself inside, what are you saying? What is the tone? Uh, is that the way you would talk to your best friend? Um, how critical are you of yourself? And more importantly, how compassionate are you towards yourself? I think that really starts to unearth um, the beginnings of the journey. And when we can be mindful, like I sometimes, what I used to do back when I first started my, my self-development journey was uh, sort of write down, I journal, and I would just kind of write down everything that was going on in my mind. And then when I read it, I looked at the paper, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a mean person <laughs> to myself. I would never really say that to my best friends. And then just that awareness of like, okay, let's, let's try to slowly untangle this. And, you know, I think that would probably be the first step, but it is a journey. I don't know anyone. I mean, unless, unless there is someone out there who has managed to 
hit 100% self-esteem and ride it all, all the time, I don't think we ever get there. But I think that's also the beauty of life, right? I'm just sitting here and I'm listening and I'm feeling and I'm just having so much love for each of you because it's like, you guys are all just so courageous and you're telling your stories and it's so, it's, it's, it's so inspiring. Like I have, I'm feeling love and inspiration inside me right now. And it's like, mm. yeah, it just feels really, really beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, and you're stimulating a ton of stuff in me, a ton of growth. Actually, these, these things are, are so therapeutic for me because they're helping me grow as well. And I think one of the things that I've noticed about myself that I do that's actually damaging my self-esteem is I'm playing small and I've done this my whole life because one of the things that I, a belief that I hold is that if you become too confident or too high of self-esteem, other people are going to become jealous of you or they're going to um, think you're arrogant or whatever. So I've engineered my own smallness for so long and it's up, like, I'm kind of at a place now where I'm like letting go of, people's judgments and opinions of me and, and just placing so much more emphasis on my own opinion of myself. And um, one, one way that this plays out for me is, is when, you know, I've, I've had some really cool accomplishments in the last while I wrote a book and, and, you know, just little, well, people see them as big things and then they, they compliment me and I always play it down. I'm always like, Oh yeah, but you know, like I wrote it quick. It wasn't a big deal. And I'm like, I constantly do this. I'm playing down my own, um, my own light I'm dimming my own light and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this because I think a lot of us do this we're always constantly um, dimming our light in some way and I think now I'm like learning and part of my, my journey is learning to receive love this is a big big theme in my life right now is learning to receive love and I think it's going to start with allowing people to love me allowing people to compliment me and allowing people to offer me support love you know, these things that I'm just, I'm not used to. It's so foreign for me. And when people offer me these things, I immediately feel like I don't want to receive it because I feel like it's, they're going to either have power over me or they're going to abuse that power or they're going to, um, whatever. There's so, there's a whole plethora of reasons why I do this. And I'm, I'm becoming so keenly aware of myself doing this. And, um, yeah. So anyway, I just, I just think that now I'm like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to let my light shine brightly and not apologize for it. You know? And I think that alone is such a gift we can give ourselves to develop self-esteem is just allow, allow your light to shine brightly and don't hold back. Because I think a lot of times we think other people are going to be threatened by our light. But in my experience, when I let my light shine brightly, other you're giving other people permission to let their shine brightly as well. And they feel like, okay, I can step into this energy and embody it as well. And, and that's the new belief I'm creating for myself is the allowance of, of letting me shine brightly. So then the people around me can feel um, that same embodiment as well. So, and you guys are giving me that gift and, and we're sharing it and exchanging it and it just feels so beautiful. So thank you. And you're giving back the same gift. Cause I was yeah. literally, as you were talking, I was thinking the same things. I was like, like, it's been a struggle for me to do video for a long, long time, even though I know I know my stuff. I know I have good things to say and I know I'm confident in it. There was some of that energy of like, oh, well, you know, maybe people think it's cockiness or maybe people won't like it. And, and I'm sure they won't because nobody's going to like you 100% of the time. Like every celebrity out there in the world, none of them are loved 100% of the time. There's like that 10% of people who are just going to hate you because <laughs> you're you. And 
Yeah. It's like you have to get over that hump of like, okay, well, some people are just not going to like me and that's fine because I'm not made for everybody, but I still need to show up for that other 90% who I need to show up for. So when you were talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, 100% me. That's why it's like, I'm so glad that you've shown up and you guys have shown up in my life because I needed this to push me past those barriers of like, oh, I'm not going to do Instagram lives or I'm not going to do these videos because even though I know it's going to help people, I was still so nervous about that criticism coming back to me that I was like, "Uh, what do I do? But having this support system that we have um, has done wonders and like building that community has done wonders for that confidence. And I think that that's a huge part um, in building self-esteem And going back to like what Reno was talking about growing up, if you don't have that community around you that helps cultivate that self-esteem, then, you know, it's up to you. It's your job to do it yourself. And, And as cruel as that might sound, it is your job and your responsibility as an adult that if you don't have that, you are the only person living your life 100% of the time. So you're the only one who's responsible for it. Nobody else can be responsible for building your self-esteem. They can take part in it. They can be part of that journey. But in order for you to do that, if you want to build that community, if you want to build that for yourself, you have to show up for you. Otherwise, if you're not showing up for you, why should other people show up for you? And that might be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. But I think it's an important one that you need to recognize that first, that if you're giving away that power, you can't cultivate it inside yourself. So you have to take ownership of that power and say, okay, I know I'm in this for myself. I'm the only person living in my own brain. I need to do this. It doesn't have to be big steps, but as long as you're conscious of that and you're taking those individual little baby steps, that's one of the ways that I can think of building my self-esteem and my confidence and hopefully that helps other people in building their self-esteem and their confidence to touch on what we were talking about earlier on like how do we do it my dad i just i just thought of something so my dad used to say um when i was younger and uh like maybe i hadn't showered or something like that and i'd take some like axe body spray or something and just kind of spritz it under my armpits and my dad used to say, um, I think he would say something like, what are you doing, boy? Like, you're, you're putting stank on stank or something like that. And I just thought of that just now because um, an important part of this whole process of developing self-esteem is like what we call in, in woo-woo circles, like shadow work, right? But it's like going into the shit, right? So... I can't just put like, you know, uh, Axe body spray on stank and think that people aren't going to smell it at some point, that it's not going to find its way through, you know, that, that, that sweet scent of Axe or what have you, whatever it is. Um, I, I've got to like, I've got to wash myself. I've got to clean myself, right? And so in this context, I, I feel like that looks like going into that discomfort, going into that emotion. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So... I'm not going to pretend that I'm confident. I'm not going to pretend that I have high self-esteem. I feel shit today. And I felt shit for a long time. And what, like, why is that? Why do I feel like garbage? Why do I continue to have these um, self-deprecating, you know, the self-deprecating dialogue within myself, you know, with myself and and about myself? 
um, what's there, where did this come from? And I think that's been a big part of the journey for me as well as like going into that and really listening to that voice. It's like, okay, that's there. Like your nose is too big, your ears stick out, your bottom lip is too big, you're too skinny. Um, you know, those guys are more jacked than you are. Um, you know, you're, you're less valuable or attractive or desirable because your skin is brown um, and your hair is curly and coarse, etc. cetera. Um, you know, you, you don't have certain material things that other people have. Like, and really just like going into all this stuff and unpacking it, like, where does this story come from? Where do these stories come from? You know, a big one for me is like, you don't know enough yet and therefore you are not enough. Therefore you, you are not ready. Therefore you should not be out saying anything or speaking anything. And it's like, I will find myself rapaciously um, you know, gorging on information, hoping that the next thing is going to be the thing that cures the story that I don't know enough and therefore I'm not enough, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's bullshit is what it is, but also I can have love for myself and, and, and understand that that probably comes from some place that was developed, some space within myself that was developed, that was carved out at an early age, right? And so there's an environmental piece as well that I think is so important. And we were talking earlier about when you're an adult, like it is your responsibility to figure that out. When you're younger, if you don't have that, um, you know, my heart goes out to you. I understand that I'm sure we've all been there in some capacity where we're like, fuck, we don't have those people around us, like loving on us, pouring into us, right? And maybe we did have some of those people. I thank God for my grandmother and my mom, you know, for, for, for really encouraging me to be who I am and supporting that and creating that safe space, you know? I didn't have that everywhere else. Um, and there were certain people that showed up in my life and became those guardian angels for me, so to speak. But, you know, to, to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, Callan, I feel like there's a point there's a point in our lives where we have to we have to reclaim our power and we have to take responsibility for what has happened to us and for the thoughts we think and the emotions we feel and the behaviors that we exhibit and embody and we have to reflect on like is this who i want to be is this is this how i want to show up is this what i want my experience to be and then it's our responsibility to and this term i think is um in psychological circles they refer to it as self-parenting but it's like at that point it's our responsibility to reparent ourselves right and that means going into the shit and really looking at it and going okay where am i out of alignment in my life where am i out of integrity in my life where could i feel more alive and more aligned and more authentic in my life and what do i need to do to begin to do that who do i need to surround myself with what are the practices I need to bring into my life every day? Whether it's like, I love a bath. Um, I love listening to podcasts from people who, um, who I really look up to, um, you know, connecting with community like yourselves. You know, we, we, I feel like we really support each other here and, you know, and, and, and sort of bring out the realness and, and the best in one another and, and also hold each other accountable in this space, right? So this, that, I think that's another example of how to, you know, how to build self-esteem, where self-esteem is built and where self-parenting happens. You know, are you going to bed on time? Are you getting up on time? Are you honoring your word? Are you showing up when you say you're going to? And if you can't, are you owning that and taking responsibility for that, you know? 
that, that, that these are these are the things in my experience that 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 build self-esteem, right? So, but but again, just to bring it full circle, like you have to, in my experience, you have to be willing to go into the shit, the shadow, the darkness, and like dig all that up and purge it, you know? And that can be ugly, messy, scary work, um, but also so, so beautiful on the other side. And I'm still doing it, you know, I'm still doing it. I've read all the books, I've watched all the YouTube videos, I've had all the conversations, I've, you know, the courses that you name it, the Instagram posts, it's like, it's ongoing, you know, and, uh, and I've come to recognize that. And I just, I, I do my best. And when I fuck up, I own it, you know, and, and, and keep moving, but you have to get back on, you have to get back on as quickly as you can, you know, and, and do the work, do the work. Mm -hmm. It's not glamorous work, is it? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, not I at think, all. Yeah, I think we could all uh, vouch for that. It's certainly, I mean, when when doing that shadow work, as you say, or even just you know looking at those things about yourself that do not necessarily contribute to high self esteem, it brings up all of the shit, all of the shit that's been there from childhood. So Matt, when you said playing small. That was a big trigger for me because for a long part of my life I played small because somewhere in my programming as a little gay boy I was taught subconsciously don't express yourself because it's too flamboyant no one actually said that but that was the between the lines messaging and no one wants to hear what you have to say and so for a large part of my life um, I just stayed quiet under the radar played small and once I started doing that shadow work and realizing, oh, okay, like I need to sort of untangle myself from these beliefs that I've taken on to be true. It, it became my own voice eventually, right? And, and that was not easy work and it's still not easy work. Even doing this Zoom call with all of you is very much, there's a little boy in me who's like, oh my God, don't do it. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying this. And, you know, similar to what Reno said, and there's, there's that huge imposter syndrome for me in this particular instance, but it, it is worth it to anyone who's watching this who's like, hell no, I'm not going to do that. It is worth it a hundred percent because when you send a signal to yourself that you matter, the universe sends signals back and you saying, yes, you do. And then, and then you meet Matt and then you meet Cal and then you meet Reno. And then all of a sudden things start happening and you realize, okay, I'm onto something here. Not to get too woo on everybody right now. <laughs> it's true. Love the woo woo. Love the woo. You, you said something that made me think of uh, when I was little, and I had the exact same experience, experience as you, Michael, where I felt I had to hide my my femininity and my flamboyancy and any of that energy, and I completely shoved it in the closet. And unpacking that has been my shadow work is is connecting with my feminine, and it reminded me of being younger. I always used to try and not talk where my lip or my tongue would touch the roof of my mouth because I didn't want to have a lisp right? Because gay people had lisps. I would control how much my hips would move when I would walk to the point where I started getting lower back pain. Like all these little things that I just, I, I reflect back on it and I'm just like, holy crap, like the fear that was ignited in me from judgment, you know, and, and it's, it's just so intense. So I, I'm just, I'm really happy I'm at a place now where I'm able to let these, these things out of the closet, so to speak, and start to reconcile with them and hug that little version of me that was feeling so scared, 
you know, cause that's what, that's what this works about. It's, it's really about being there for yourself. And I love the term, you know, self-parenting cause that's really, we have to go back and we have to heal the pieces of ourselves that didn't get tended to. And we all have them. Right. And sometimes we lead with these things and we have so much resentment and anger towards our parents for not giving it to us, but that perpetuates the problem. And we need to take self-responsibility and, and own this stuff. And that's the healing work. That's the work we got to do. And, and I just want to say to people for who are contemplating coming and they're watching these and, not, and, and they're not choosing to come to the, the, this, this, the, the zoom hangouts yet that these, these things, this is my fourth one, right? This is our fourth one. This is our fourth one. And these are shifting me a lot. I'm getting a lot of value from them because they're not just the words that we're sharing with each other. This is an energetic exchange that we're having with each other. And it's such a cool gift to offer each other because I'm picking up on things from Callan that are his skills. These are the things that he brings in that I'm picking up that energy. And then, you know, Reno might be picking up things from me because these are my skill sets. So if we lead with the things that we're good at, we're exchanging these beautiful gifts to each other. And that's what these, these, zoom hangouts are for right it's an opportunity for us to exchange our beautiful energy with each other and and build this community so yeah i feel like community has been you want to talk about a self-esteem builder um and again like this brings up a lot of emotion for me because community has been a game changer for me like a game changer i when I was about, I'd say it was probably about 20, 23, 24. And I had, I had made this decision. Like I was, you know, it was the end of summer and I was having this conversation, this really emotional conversation with one of my best friends. And I said to her, um, I know that I seem like the life of the party and um, everyone looks at me as this really fun, you know, expressive, confident guy but I'm not happy and I don't know what I'm doing with my life at all. I haven't the slightest clue and I'm watching everyone else go off and, you know, finish their, their education and couple up and, you know, move into homes and things like that. And I'm just like the fun guy. Right. And I, I went to bed that evening and I, I cried myself to sleep. I remember, and I woke up the next day and something felt different. And you know, cut to, I don't know if it was maybe six months or a year later, but I connected to this amazing um, spiritual community. And uh, this guy just embodied um, what he would call being human as fuck in such a beautiful way. And I remember I heard him on a, a web conference and he had cussed and I thought, I didn't know spiritual people cuss. Like, I like this guy. He just seemed so like straight up and he had this the swagger about them. Um, I joined this community and it changed my life, but that also couldn't have happened if I didn't show up. And so, you know, as you were talking about Matt, I feel like being on these zoom calls following our recordings is really valuable because I, I feel like that's where, that's where like the magic really happens. That's where, that's where, um, you know, they say, what, what's that saying? It's like, um, I forget what they say, but it's kind of like showing up to the gym in essence, right? Like that's where the work begins, you know, that's, and, and it's such a supportive space as, as we saw on our last Zoom experience. So yeah, community for me, game changer in terms of building self-esteem. And if you're in the right community, 
you you will see the people around you celebrating your bigness and like wanting you to be your most brilliant and your most authentic like the people around me encourage that and anyone who doesn't is not in my life anymore you know i like i a couple people i dropped recently like that i was just like no if if you know if you're not for me then like work you know like love you bless you you must go you know um and so now, you know, these, these days, these last years, I'd say like the last, I don't know, seven years, I've been blessed with beautiful community, people who just love seeing me and my brilliance and my expressiveness, even in my flamboyance, if I decide to be in that space, right? But they, and, and they also encourage me to, to speak up, right? Um, there's this, we sort of, what do we call it? Um, my friend Zach and I will call this, this aspect of ourselves. we'll call it Clint Eastwood, you know, because he's like a shooter. And uh, so we'll call each other out when we're not embodying that, that, that Clint Eastwood character, right? So it's a way of saying, cut the shit, like speak up, like straight shoot, you know, you're, you're playing small or you're not, you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're not as sharp as you could be in this moment. And people want that from you. It's like they want to be led. They want you to be real. They want you to tell the truth. And if they don't, you know, then they might not be your people. And that might not be your place. You know, that might not be your community. Um, and, and the last thing I want to say uh, is, you know, to, to speak to, I think it was something Matt was saying earlier um, about us learning from each other. Like, I'm very comfortable getting on camera and audio and speaking. I, in fact, I love it. Um, but, but what has been a stretch for me uh, in terms of like esteem and, and, and confidence and that sort of thing and integrity really is like showing up here. You know, we've had, we've recorded a handful of times now, I think. And in the beginning, as I'm showing up, there's been some struggles. I'm like, oh, crap, you know, I'm running late and I'm a bit rushed and then the mic's not working and, you know, all of these things. And so what you guys have modeled for me very beautifully is like this integrity, this like being here on time, showing up, ready. And I do that sometimes and I don't always get it right, you know, but seeing it modeled here has been really powerful for me. And I thank God that I'm settled into Vancouver now because maybe it'll be a bit easier. I've been on the road for the last few weeks, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to say thank you guys because again, community, you know, right here and, and in the gay brotherhood, you know, and on the zoom calls. And I'm learning so much from all of you about, you know, about self-esteem, about integrity, about speaking truth, you know, about, holding that tension, you know? So yeah, thank you guys. There. Thank you. Yeah. Does anybody have anything else they wanna add on before we wrap things up here? No? All right. So I just want to let everybody know, first off, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and give us a thumbs up just because it helps spread the word because we want you to be part of our community and we want to grow our community so that we can all have these beautiful conversations. Also, the links are below to the Gay Men's Brotherhood private Facebook group. So join that. We are growing very quickly, which is very exciting because that's part of that community, putting yourself out there and, and taking that first step. Uh, there's also other links to our social media. So we're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all over the place. So go click around, find us. And every other Thursday when we release this video, 
The next following Thursday, we do the Zoom conversations that we were talking about where we get everybody who wants to join. We put out the event, it's in our Facebook group, and then we let everybody else come and join in on the conversation of the topic that we just spoke about. So thank you for sharing your time with us today. Thank you for watching us. And we all just wish you well, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.